0: Back again. It's the real dirt. Today's dirt. It's the Doug and Dave and Chip show. <laughs> I got Dave and Doug. Say hi, guys. Hello. Hi, guys. Hi, guys. <laughs> I got Dave Malone from Green Dot Extract. Say hey, Dave.
1: Hey, Dave. It's Green Dot Labs.
0: Oh, Green Dot Labs. Right. Not all the same. The truth.
1: There's a lot of Green Dots of the world. There's yeah. a wings shop. There's a credit card. Let's Come not home. mention
0: those people. Your competition, <laughs> right?
1: We are Green Dot Labs of Boulder, Colorado. It's very awesome to be here with you, Chip and Doug. Thank you, sir. Yeah, man. And Doug Marvin from Botanicare.
2: Yeah, thanks for, uh, thanks for having me on. All right, man. I see you got a, a bowl packed up there. What's going on? Yeah, this is that uh, Triangle Mints from Sea Junkie Genetics, the, uh, the wedding cake phenotype. Yes. Mm. I've heard I've heard about this quite a bit lately.
1: One of the most hyped strains in cannabis today, everybody wants the cut, and rightfully so. It's a new one that we have brought into Green Dot Labs, and it's a very unique strain. Um, I'll, I will highlight a few things. Is by the numbers, this strain has outperformed every strain we've ever run through our garden. By the numbers. What do you mean by that? So... In extraction, we we see marijuana through a different lens than, say, the conventional farmer. In extraction, it it tells you a lot more about the plant and its cannabinoid content, its terpene content. And when we see yields, uh, for instance, this this wedding cake phenotype, uh, it pulled 32.5% returns on a full plant extractions. We've seen lab results on this strain across the board from other individuals who grow it, and it always tests clear over 30% THC. It is just a... True 21st century hash plant, mm. polyhybrid. It's got the cookies flavor. It's got an OG flavor. It's got a sweet, creamy vanilla, and it is as oily as anything I've ever put my hands on. It's so, really
0: hash flavor dominant, though. The hash plant flavor, absolutely. as soon as you mention that, that, I can taste it.
2: Deep, oily, savory. It's got mm-hmm. the uh, the uh, sour double in it, mm-hmm. You know, which is basically a sour diesel back cross. Right. And uh, thin, thin crystal, though. It's, th- it's a thin crystal.
1: What's that? It's this
0: real small, thin crystal on it. I barely saw the nugget.
1: Oh, no. The heads are are gargantuan. Oh, a, all right. I'm no. actually a cannabis photographer as well. And uh, I take very high-in-resolution pictures of the strain. Um, I will share those with you here shortly, just let you see what she looks like very up close. But it, I mean, it is without question the most essential oil-rich cannabis cultivar that we've ever come across so far i imagine you will see this strain in almost every garden across the united states before it's all said and done it's starting to uh, have the uh, gorilla glue effect if you will as when it was first showed up on the internet everyone wanted it now everyone wants to get rid of it because now it's lost its luster but we think this is a little bit more special than the than the uh gorilla glue
2: yeah i visit a lot of a lot of commercial uh Licensed commercial cultivations out there, and twenty fifteen, I think i nInety five was probably the the best thing I saw anywhere by far. And uh, two thousand sixteen, it was a, a ton of awesome i nInety five crosses, and I think that chem D I nInety five the Chemdale Chem was just just something special. In two thousand seventeen, I think it's gonna it's gonna hold this whole year. This uh, Triangle Mince is amazing. I think it's a uh, Really number one strain of the deer. So, so you're calling it wedding cake and you're calling it well, triangle mints?
1: It's The the seed line is called triangle mints. Is it's the triangle kush crossed the animal cookies, sin mints cookies, animal mints. And this particular phenotype uh, found by the breeder um, just got tagged with the moniker um, wedding cake. And to differentiate this one from, I guess, the rest of the packs, you may find this one. Because it stacks up a,
2: like a wedding cake? It yeah. is. It's, it's just blingy. Frosty and beautiful and, and Ginorm- expensive looking.
0: Ginormous yield, Expensive
2: looking. Ooh, I like that.
1: It's very fancy marijuana. So e- easy to sure. grow. Is, it's a stretcher? Uh, she grows. has a big, robust cookies frame. I find the flowers out of the direct light tend to put on, is what you would find in the forum cut. Best weight. The ones on the perimeter of the light seem to put on the fatter buds. Uh, we did some in a dual spectrum using this um, 630 watt ceramic metal halide lights into flowering to see if we could boost some resin. And the jury's still out. I think, uh, did it do any better or worse? It's certainly consistently good. Um, and we know just by the numbers, we should just have our entire garden feel, filled up with this strain. But as we all know, as connoisseurs, variety is the spice of life. You don't want to be smoking the same old stuff unless it's OG (laughs) (laughs) or sour (laughs) or a good sour.
0: Oh man, I got, it took me a while to get caught onto OG Kush. And I I met Josh years ago in the late nineties, right when it first started. Right. And he's bragging up his OG and it it took me a couple of years to get on it. Right. And, and finally, like I literally like bought an eighth for $80 or something, you know, nuts it was fucking great right and, mm-hmm. you know in same way with diesel right i was like oh hype oh hype oh hype and i saw some poor diesel because that's mm-hmm. what you see mostly sure and then i got the real deal and was like sold
1: transcend never look mm-hmm.
0: back never never look back it's hard for me to see other strains right as good but i love the cookies right oh, yeah you know i i i, I love urkel I love old-school strains for the novelty or the flavor of Panama or Thai or that Durban Thai high flyer. That that shit's all great, don't get me wrong, but, yeah, man, diesel in my pipe any day, for sure.
1: Yeah, yeah, you know, it's the timeless classic varietals that we've preserved over the years, your cushes, your diesels. Every so often something new and revolutionary comes out it's happening more and more. Actually, there's a lot more confusion now. The more people are growing more varietals and the polyhybrids are bottlenecking and funneling. It's a very <coughs> cool thing to watch and be a part of developing these strains. And now that extraction is you know, a, a large part of the business in, in cannabis, um, we're able to really see this plant through the different lens and ways uh, we would breed this plant now to have as much essential oil as possible as much terpene content as possible. Um, It's it's just a very fascinating things happening right here in Colorado.
0: Yeah. You know, it's interesting situation here though, with the breeding and with the genetics because of the way that you are limited about bringing in your gene pool where other places you're not limited as much. Right. And in the the private market, right. Mm -hmm. um, People can buy and plant anything from all over. Mm -hmm. But in the the regulated market, it's it's difficult to have genetics.
1: Absolutely. And this goes to the chicken versus the egg argument. When this uh, medical marijuana first started in the commercial business, you know, well, obviously from the black market, there came all these new strains into the regulated market. And for a while there, the state would, you know, turn a blind eye to the fact that. People are bringing all these new strains into the commercial market. Well, as of recently, um, the, the state has kind of squashed that uh, in an attempt to gain more tax revenue. They like any new business to start up in this industry to purchase seeds that were made on the regulated market, which is a pretty hot commodity right now.
0: Yeah, there's only a handful of reputable seed breeders in Colorado. There might be several people doing it.
1: Right. 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 There, there's very few in uh you know, so you're left with options to bring in some clones, which are potentially infested with God knows what. And that could set you back years trying to remediate your garden before you start. Or if you wanted to buy seeds through the regulated market, you know, that's a wild goose chase finding those. However, you know, at Green Dot Labs, we were lucky to get in early. We have a lot of legacy heirloom strains that have been popular for, you know, decades even and are becoming more and more popular because they're they're fairly exclusive and you know at green dot we also have a, a breeding program where we're making our own strains at very high rates currently we have archive that we've made since we've started probably a good 1 to 200 strains i've lost count but we take a nice male from something and cross it to just about everything in the garden and for a rainy day someday we're going to um, break those open and see what's in them but well we're we're such limited in production right now um at green dot But that's all changing here in April when we will be going recreational. We have a a new state-of-the-art cultivation facility that's going to open. We're shooting for April 15th, but there's always regulation issues that could go into that. But if we're lucky, April 15th will be Chapter 2 of Green Dot Labs. It's been a quite an exciting ride.
0: Is that recreational dispensary, recreational manufacturing?
1: Well, we are just cultivation and extraction only, and we okay. wholesale our extracts to dispensaries across oh. Colorado. So we do not have a retail position. So you're going to open
0: up more of the market? More cultivation.
1: Your you're right, more cultivation, and we're building a brand-new lab uh, concurrently. So um, that may be about a month behind our cultivation center, but it's going to be much, much larger than what we have in Far, far more advanced, and we are really going to open up the genetic exploration in that building. Um, we have breeding stalls built into it.
2: They have a actual photo booth and area for doing professional photography. Oh, excellent idea. Very excellent. nice touch. All right. Good job, Dave. That's
1: one thing you can't see on the radio, but uh, we do take uh, very, very um, beautiful high-end macro uh, well, shots. We'll make
0: sure we get some photos and put them on the website. All right. So, on under this episode, people can download Please the do. photos of Green Dot.
1: We'll put up some beautiful shots of this uh this wedding cake that we are enjoying right now for mm, you guys yeah, to see what we're talking about.
2: Yeah, Dave's photography is really really awesome. Uh, I should probably give a, a shout out to uh Professor P. He uh helped you kind of get into that. Yes. He's from Portland. He has Dynasty Genetics and another very uh reputable awesome breeder. Mhm
1: big-time fan of Chris. Uh, He's such a great person, and he came out and showed me the ways of photography. The first time I saw his pictures, I just couldn't look at other weed after seeing his beautiful pictures and how elegant and how defined they were. Um, It really took uh, my appreciation of cannabis to that next level, being able to capture these intimate macro shots, these families of trichomes and Stuff the naked eye just physically cannot see. Yeah, it's a mean, whole other universe. It's a different world can, there,
0: totally. Yeah. Totally. I've been lost in the camera lens for yeah. sure.
1: People see these pictures that from other walks of life, and they have no idea what it is. Just Right.
0: Like from a, my, I've had people say, is that from outer space? Yeah. yeah. Is that
1: the Great Barrier Reef or right. something? What is that? It's a,
0: so what kind, what kind of rig do you shoot?
1: Uh, I have a Canon 6D with all the bells and whistles, a 65-millimeter macro lens. You know, probably two years old now, but... It is top, top of the line. Are you shooting a
0: ring flash? Or? Uh-huh. There's a ring right. flash
1: on it. We have a light diffusion tent. Oh, sweet. It's about $15,000 worth of camera equipment. Totally. Oh. Uh, but, oh, yeah. you know, the end result, these photographs, they are just,
2: they're stunning. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, just like such high, high, uh, high def. Like, there's that thing that you have that takes multiple shots like over a very short distance
1: right so this is a a
2: stack rail and what this is is oh yeah totally
1: you'll take a picture and then you'll move it up maybe like two microns you'll take another picture go up two more microns and what happens is you have a series of about 25 photographs that then you will run those through a photo stacking program on your computer and what it does is it finds the highest data points of concentration i hope i said that right um, and it layers them over each other to give this almost three-dimensional image of the flower or the trichomes. It almost looks three-dimensional um, and seamless. If, if you have it done just right, it's just an amazing photography. It's Yeah, totally. Some of the highest quality you'll find in any industry, whether it's marijuana or yeah, National absolutely. Geographic. It's up there in the upper echelon. Yeah. Um, technology is just, it's
2: amazing these days what we can do and what we can see. Which is really cool. When you started taking those shots, you could see what was in those trichome heads and the size and stuff like that. And you guys have done a lot of work with. Uh...
1: So something that's very important to us in extraction is the trichomes, the diameter of the trichomes. You look at all different varietals. You have some with stalks and tiny heads. You have some that have giant bulbous heads that are closer to the surface. And, you know, we've kind of traced that back to the the hash plants that are now infused into almost every varietal that we use today in American cannabis. Um, you know, and, and to not underscore how important those hash plants are from the Middle East regions, your Lebanons, your Afghanistans of the world, and what those have done to the entire landscape of, of cannabis hybrids, it's where it all began.
0: They were bred for hash production for hundreds, maybe thousands of yes. years. Yeah. Absolutely. Literally. Right? Literally. 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 Thousands was, of years. Yeah.
2: Thousands.
1: And, and those genetic markers have been passed down through these hybrids that we've made and Dutch breeding, American breeding, mm. and to always trace back, you find a plant with giant voluptuous trichome heads. You can, uh, you know, pay homage to the people before you who made this possible. Yeah, the, right. the little tribes, the little villages up in the Hindu Kush mountain regions. Yeah. These guys are, you know, every day we thank those guys for the work they put in to enable us to, you know, carry cannabis as far as we have man i think
0: that is a an incredible way to enter our first break let's, let's pause for a minute okay. and thank all the people that have come before us That's thank, right.
1: you. thank you thank you guys we would not be as great without you
0: we know the grower's independent do it yourself he's educated in raw materials and believes in his own technique he puts faith in his abilities and takes pride in his yield We know that growing is complex science that requires blood, sweat, and tears and humility. We care about the environment and our place in the world, the abundance of yield, the quality of our product. We embrace getting dirt under our fingernails. We are investing in the future of the earth. We are cultivating abundance and legacy. Grow quality, grow consciously, grow and prosper. Go to Growers.com for more information and where to buy our products. Growers is locally owned and operated in Denver, Colorado, and has been manufacturing soil for over 15 years. We make a consistent and effective line of soils and nutrients in an environmentally conscious way. All right, we're back. Right, Doug over here just keeps uh, breaking out the weed. I like that. I'm going to have you over more often, Doug. <laughs> right. no problem no problem yeah 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 this, is, hard this is good call. for this, you he's expensive right. though i'm <laughs> warning you we were kind of speaking about this earlier how how much the environments changed between uh cannabis producers and manufacturers and hydrostore suppliers equipment suppliers uh now we can all be friends
2: right Right. yeah (laughs) it's a whole new world
0: out there it's a whole new world in the past me and doug might not be able to associate with dave because we're from the uh equipment side of the industry with the straight lace with the straight (laughs) lace side and dave is uh he he's from the
1: plant side
0: right a little less
1: politically correct side
0: Yeah. yeah i mean even you remember some of the maximum yield trade shows where people were, like, asked to leave for weed-associated booths or right. smoking weed, and that yeah. wasn't too long ago, right?
3: Uh,
2: absolutely. Uh, retail stores, that had signs that said, uh, you know, phones, camera phones at the time, smartphones were not allowed in the store. Mm-hmm. You know? <laughs> yeah, right, right. You no know, pictures. Right.
0: Yeah, it's uh, it's it's changing fast. So, Doug, you, you work for Botanicare, one of the leading nutrient hydroponic equipment manufacturers in the indoor horticultural industry right? pretty
2: crazy but that is that's that's accurate, accurate right like in yeah. our
0: in our store at cultivate colorado or and i would say probably in any store in the country botanicare has to be your number one seller or almost your number one seller we're
2: yeah we're i uh, probably top Three at, in, any, in store. any store, I would right. say. The
0: only yeah. time it's not, I would bet if there's some like distribution issue where they can't get your product. So they, you know. Well,
2: probably not that. We right. we are available in three, uh, with three different distributors in the U.S. Well, technically uh, four distributors in the U.S. Uh, right. We have some sub distributors. Totally, uh, Everybody can get your product. Right. Pretty easy to get
0: botanic air. Right. Yeah. Right. right. In the past, it wasn't like that. Um, you had to, you had to search out for stuff.
2: Yeah. 20 you know, years ago right. when we started the company, uh, you know, Treg, uh, you know, Treg Bradley, one of, one of the two founders, uh, he spent a lot of his time, uh, just on the road, you know, and he spent the majority of that time on the road up in uh, Northern California. Yeah. Totally. And, uh, that's so where I met
0: him years ago, 2002, three, four, something like that. Yeah. Right. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Again, yeah, twenty years for us, twenty years for myself too in the industry. But before uh, yeah.
0: Botanicare, before Botanicare, there was literally general hydroponics, mm-hmm. right? And that yeah. that was twenty years before that, was, that even. Yeah, and yeah. and for twenty years, they literally dominated the market and then Botanicare, Tra- air started his product line in 96 7 something like that right
2: yeah i think uh you know outside of the the you know arizona market you could probably say 98 was you know when you could, right. it was it was around you know calmag i guess Cal I, was, Mag. I was cutting edge i heard about it <laughs> in 96 yeah cutting edge talking was talking about a, it back so, then yeah sorry right? before us yeah yeah
0: right mm-hmm. right
2: awesome brand by the way oh i, I didn't mean respect. to
0: confuse uh, john Piccarelli from cutting edge with with botanic in 1996 being a cutting edge product. Oh, that's cool. what it really what I meant, right? For sure. Cuz it uh, uh they were the first major brand that had botanical extracts and organic mixed with synthetic nutrients.
2: Right. Yeah, so uh you know, bio mineral hybrid Product, you know, I guess you could call it. Uh, You know, it was uh, it was Calmag and Pure Blend Original way back in the day. Uh, Everybody knows Calmag, so yeah, the Calmag then is pretty close to the Calmag that you have today. Uh, You know, there's like one of the major things was when iron was added, but uh, Pure Blend Original, I it was our actually our first product. And in my opinion, to this day, it's uh, still our our best product. Yeah, Pure Blend Original, great product. I don't sell so much
0: of that. It's mostly pro in my shops. But Pro, the Pure Blend Pro. Yeah,
2: yeah. Yeah, So, you know, in the whole hybrid thing, I was saying, uh, biomineral hybrid, we took the Pure Blend Original uh, and combined it with some mineral salts. And that's what Pure Blend Pro is. Right. Right, right. Yeah. Right. And that's, it works so well. I sell
0: so much of this product. It's,
2: it's what I personally use. Uh, the guys over at Green Dots, what they use. Uh, it's a true connoisseur level base nutrient, no doubt about it. Any grower would probably agree with that.
0: Yeah. Absolutely. That's used it. Absolutely. The thing I really see about it is the uniformity to which you, you, you get product out of it. Like I can tell when it's grown with, with, your blend right right exactly you know, it, it it has a look and and even a smell and a taste yeah. to some degree you can yeah. put
1: a hundred flowers in front of me and i can pick out every single one mm-hmm. of them that was grown, grown with the pure blend
2: it And would, has, you, would you say because they have a consistent smell or that they no. just
0: bring
1: out
2: the well, that, magic they, they i think there's provo- a
0: color that comes out with it I, right I, it has a specific color that it gets and then it does have a smell but it's that Man, if it, if you're in a soilless medium, then it becomes this uniform smell. Right. But if you got have some, some local dirt or something, uh-huh. then it changes.
1: Yeah, right. right. Uh, what I feel is botanic air, it's like a, a multivitamin that can really help you achieve uh, the full genetic uh, expression in that. Blowing out its calyx, its, its terpenes, its uh, resin— uh, it's something, it's just such a well-rounded, lean, healthy diet for the plants. There's
2: Yeah, when the plants are grown with, uh, you know, that, that Pure Blend Original and in, in the Pro, they're just, they're, they're just so healthy, the entire grow. And right. so I, I agree with what Dave said. It's, it's, uh, the plants just really fire in all cylinders and, and uh, you get the most out of the plants. Right. Right. You get a little bit of mineral little bit
0: of biological. That's
1: that's the sweet spot right. in cannabis. Um, if you're, especially if you look at commercial viability, I mean, obviously you want to grow the biggest plants with as much resin and terpenes as you can, uh, but there's a fine line going full organics. We've seen historically the yields can be diminished and going full mineral salts, uh, some of its essence is diminished. So there's a sweet spot somewhere in there between. I feel that uh, the pure blend is really, really dialed into that and uh, one, once you've, you know, found out the ways of, of how botanic Care products can help your plants, it's hard to go back and, you know, I've seen cannabis all over the world and I,
2: I've talked to a lot of growers that, uh, you know, after using botanic air did, did, you know, rightfully want to try other stuff, see what was out there. And yeah, absolutely. But we have a pretty high rate of, uh, return. So, customers <laughs> yeah, well. it's you know, like a good rate of return though right, right? absolutely not it's, the bad kind
1: right as a consumer you walk into a grocery store and see all these flashy new products and to the inexperienced mind it's like well i should pour a little bit of everything in my plant and then my plant will be just you know godzilla kitchen, of wheat kitchen sink recipe the more the better absolutely. right the more the better you can put all these crazy products and then uh keeping it simple staying with your fundamentals uh, it can take you so much further in
2: cannabis, you know, botanic care, we have a, a lot of products, other products as well. But, uh, you know, I go around telling people to run our base nutrients strong and re- rely less on supplementation. And, uh, you know, pro is one of those things that, you know, you throw in some, some other stuff, uh, some other organic methods or, uh, you know, other teas and, uh, microbial inoculation, a uh, really small, teeny tiny bit of carbohydrate. Um, you know, you don't need a whole lot more, really. Right, right, right. Pure course. Blend has it all. Yeah,
0: yeah. So it, this does kind of sound like a Pure Blend commercial, and I, and I guess it kind of <laughs> is for a few reasons. One, I, I, I sell a bunch of Pure Blend at my shop, right? <laughs> Go buy it, <laughs> Doug. Here he he goes. He promotes Pure Blend all over the country, and Dave he grows with Pure Blend products, and he's also sponsored by Botanicare. And this is something that's a little different than than has gone on in the past. We were alluding to this earlier. Is is Air. They're you know one of the major companies in the United States. Over this, just bought out by. Uh, Hawthorne, Hawthorne Hydroponics uh, Hawthorne Hydroponics group which is a um how do you, how do you want to, how do you want to phrase this who are they
2: Uh well Hawthorne Hydroponics is a wholly owned subsidiary of uh, Scotts miracle Grow, and
0: uh which are one of if not the largest home garden companies in the world
2: Yeah no doubt uh, on the on the essentially on like the um uh lawn and garden side of the industry not like the Mm -hmm. big ag side uh extremely high percentage of that entire market like right uh, if memory serves me correct it's like 80 90 percent or something substantial right
0: right right. so you 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 guys are literally could be considered the biggest people and and let's let's make this a sports analogy you're nike (laughs) and you're you're michael jordan (laughs)
1: Yes. <laughs> that's exactly right
2: that's pretty good <laughs>
0: yeah yeah okay okay <laughs> and, and 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 you sponsor a uh, botanicare sponsors green dot with with product and there's research and development and yeah right well i mean it's just like a shoe
2: without deal without a doubt it's just like a shoe deal been friends with dave for a really long time and we've uh talked a lot of cultivation over uh-huh. the years and uh helped each other out with uh you know, becoming better growers and uh, no doubt that...
1: Uh, and uh, I'll speak to it as it could be, a, it's uh, developing to be a two-way street in that we are able to collect a lot of data using these products and being able to uh, send it back their way, to see what changes they have, you know, R&Ding new products that are not on market yet. So I guess the idea is our brand continues to grow and more success we achieve using their products uh, will help them, you know, make better products and have higher sales that's kind of uh you know the end game here
2: tregg ran the uh the company for for years you know he never settled for standard uh you know the standard quo he he was always looking at improving on everything that he was doing so it's uh definitely good to learn from all these um, these experts out there uh dave obviously one of them yeah uh, and, and john a, a, and expert, he's, he's yeah. smiling over
3: here <laughs> No, Doug,
1: he's
2: Michael Jordan. No, yeah, he's Michael. Michael, you called it. Michael.
1: You're, Doug is Phil Jackson. He has uh, literally taught me um a lot of the, Phil. <laughs> <laughs> he Doug is uh you know has taught me so much about the plant and the way these uh nutrients, what they're actually set out to do. Before uh, as you know, a home grower is just this recipe that I had that was it was working. I couldn't necessarily articulate what was happening because there was so many variables that I was unaware of and uh Doug has been instrumental in painting that full picture so that as we apply these products uh there's actually reason and purpose other than for the sake of just tweaking the recipe
2: right i mean there's there's some really great growers out there and what i've always tried to do is is uh really just tell them you know what was in the product and you know not just i would say most everything is is to my knowledge, everything is listed on the label. But just letting these guys know exactly what's in the products and why we put it in there. And it makes using the product and, and, and adding whatever else you need you know, Work, a whole lot right. easier. That
0: is a problem in our industry is full disclosure. People do not uh, – companies do not put everything – that's in the product on the label,
2: right? Uh, there's, you know, there are some circumstances where uh, certain things that are in these products are not recognized as being plant right. beneficial. Yeah, and humic acid, leonardite, all that shit. Yeah. Right? So you if you put it on the label and it's for a plant specific product, they they mm-hmm. don't really like that. Yeah. Right.
0: Right. Right. Man, it looks like uh, you paused in your your packing up abilities, dude. Why don't you
1: pack it up? I really am. And- yeah about to leave, dude, pack that bowl. Know, totally.
0: We'll use this moment to take another break.
1: We'll get back to firing it up with the expert on The Real Dirt with Chip Baker after this.
2: Ignite the conversation on some trending topics along the Cannabis Radio social media network. Join our crew of thousands on our Cannabis Radio page on Facebook or at Canna Radio, C-A-N-N-A Radio on Twitter.
3: Network. CannabisRadio.com.
0: Cutting Edge Solutions is leading the cultivation industry in hydroponic fertilizers. I've known John, the founder of Cutting Edge, for over 20 years. He's an expert horticulturalist and a truly great dude. I truly stand behind his products. As a wholesaler and a retailer, I see that all of the growers that buy his product are truly satisfied. As a grower, you know when a nutrient line has been developed from extensive research in real farms throughout Northern California, that it's for real. Cutting Edge products are always fresh, alive and never dehydrated. They specialize in soil biology and plant health. Check out their website at www.cuttingedgesolutions.com for more information about their full line of products including additives, hydroponic nutrients, Hum Tea, Sonoma Gold, and beneficials, and great, great feeding charts. Hey, if you ever see John out in the hydro store, chat him up. He'll talk your ear off about how you're growing and the complexities of his product and plant health. Thanks, John.
1: Time to get all the insider cannabis industry secrets straight from the mouths of the OG weed pioneers on The Real Dirt with Chip Baker.
0: All right, Doug has passed me a freshly packed bowl of the sour dub. So we're all cannabis connoisseurs here. I think that's what uh, uh, unites us here. We've met pretty much through cannabis connoisseurship.
2: Right. Right. Yeah, we have a lot of mutual friends.
0: That are also cannabis connoisseurs.
2: Right. kind of weird (laughs) how that works out.
1: (laughs) 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 We speak in pot, which is from the outside world, a foreign language. When you get a bunch of uh, people who really know how to articulate the subtle intricacies of cannabis they start speaking their own language and you can snuff out a rookie immediately in a conversation <laughs> because we love this plant and appreciate it on so many levels. And to be able to express that to each other, it's a, it's a very um, cool way to communicate with somebody
2: with similar interests. It's fun. It's fun, uh, you know, being a, a geek. Under, yeah, totally.
0: It is nerdy. At and it, we, and, you know, and I, I, my wife and her friends will laugh at me and. Some of my friends over the conversations we're having, you know, like, oh, your fungal, your fungal content is nearly high enough (laughs) in your actively aerated compost tea. People, the
2: hierarchical relationship between Are you going to add mycorrhizae in that? They're just glazed (laughs) over like,
1: oh, my God. (laughs) It happens all the time. They're like, oh, it smells
0: fucking awful. What is that? (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, we, we, we all love weed the three of us and it goes beyond just uh like enjoying uh smoking it or getting high right there's uh, uh, uh this <clears throat> quest that i believe all of us are looking for is the knowledge on everything about whatever strains in front of you right and th- the thing i enjoy the most is that there there are so many different aspects of cannabis that we can talk about we can talk about like You know, the economy of it, which fascinates everybody who's ever smoked a joint. We can talk about growing techniques. We can talk about genetics. We can talk about the science of the medicinal application of the extracts of
1: the politics, the
0: politics of the growth patterns of right. Like, you know, the relate the genetic relationships between things. Right, and it's it's such a huge, complex subject. Anyone who discounts cannabis, and I'm sure that's none of our listeners here. <laughs> right.
1: <laughs> it's just weed, I'm preaching man.
0: to the choir here. Like, they just like, oh, it's just weed. Yeah, it's just weed. It all smells like a skunk to me. Yeah, it's, far, it's far more complex. Far more complex.
1: Right, uh, and as more varietals come to market, uh, in your experience, um, to really be able to you know, talk about and decipher what makes this strain different than the one before it. Um, it's an endless conversation. You can be as creative as you want in talking about canvas. I could sit up here and talk about my three favorite OG Kush varietals. Um, what for are two they? hours.
0: Let's, well, let's just talk about them for two seconds. What are
1: they? Well, let's just go right to my number one favorite, probably strain that, um, if I were to take into a deserted Island would be the underdog OG or the, Lupus uh, lumpus headband, there's always a lot of controversial stories about OG Kush varietals and where they came from and a lot of chest pounding. I stay out of that stuff. I just appreciate um, having them and being able to grow them and provide them to uh, medical marijuana patients throughout Colorado. Um, I just leave check my bags at the door right there um, and but of all the OGs that the Lumpus headband to me, for whatever reason, it might just be the novelty of having it because it's so rare and so exclusive. No, that's just good. It's amazing. That's just good. It is one of the most potent strains without question. Um, it, it tastes and grows as good as any of its, um, you know, siblings.
0: Yeah. I, I get you on the controversy of it because, there, you know, people are like, oh, it's not this. It's not that. And who? I, I don't really care if it's great.
1: Yeah. It's, it's a yeah. great strain. You can call it whatever you want to call it. It doesn't, the name is arbitrary to me. It's, just, it's
0: not good. It doesn't matter what the story is. Right? <laughs> OG no. Kush is just good period. Just OG Kush.
1: You know, when you take a flower out of your jar and you crack it open and the essence hits you in the face and
2: then. Yeah. at ADSI last year, the uh, underdog was, you know, in the competition mm-hmm. from uh, Jeff, you know, Mr. Dink. Yeah. Totally. And, uh, you know, out of all those strains, I was one of the competitors and, uh, all the strains that were there you could you just knew which one the underdog was oh yeah yeah totally and oh, uh, ended up taking uh, second place in the competition mm-hmm.
0: yeah i mean you're talking strain that's 20 plus years old yeah, yeah. right and it's clone held strain mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right <laughs> yeah right i mean it has it it's got some some uh, legs on it man does. I mean that whole that whole era in the early '90s produced some really really great weed, man. <laughs> amazing, amazing. Dog underdog, sour diesel. Yeah, these are the
1: American right.
2: heirlooms. uh Later on, OG Kush, Bubba Kush. Right, right. Yeah, that it, whole era. I mean, it's what got me into collecting. All these amazing genetics were just coming out, and uh it was obvious way back then that the mm-hmm. preservation needed to happen. Right, you know, and. Uh, that's when I started, 96, right then, doing my right. collecting. It, it just brings up the funny conversation. At a point in time,
1: Americans were like, oh, all Dutch weed's the same. It's your skunk, your northern lights, and your haze, and any which combination you can put it in. Then you step out of the American culture and look at what Americans have done. They've taken sour diesel, OG Kush, um, same
2: thing. and cookies and crossed them together so many yeah. times that my head's spinning now. Wasn't it, uh, the phylos, if I I think I have this right, the, the work that those guys are doing on the, um, checking the markers, the genetic markers uh, Mm -hmm. and trying to find out how many parental, like unique parental strains there are out there. And, um, I think I have this correct, that there was, uh, like six total. And so everything that we have in like modern cannabis today, other than like the land race stuff that's coming over, but maybe even those actually, that there's six total parents, um, and then, uh, it's pretty amazing to think that you get this much variety out of just six total things, if that is a true accurate representation. And then the next cool thing, sorry, I'm kind of nerding out here.
0: No, that's right? totally nerding out. What, what uh, are they, I want, to the six things. What are the six of things? Of
2: the six, uh, of the six, there's like, uh, in their, in their galaxy, they show like five that are kind of in the same kind of general vicinity. And then you have this one outlier way out here. Mm-hmm. And that one's the, the Durban poison. Oh, the poison, really? Yeah.
1: Pangea, so, so when the African. land masses shift. A strain that was once Man, an equatorial strain is now growing up at 8,000 feet in Pakistan. Yeah. Um, over years, evolution has made these plants morph. Uh, they've that started producing. That
2: was on this side of the crack when it right. separated. And the land.
1: land started moving. And this is a survivor species. It's a weed. And it lived for. Centuries and centuries, God knows how long, and over the years, what once used to be an equatorial sativa now is growing up at 8,000 feet in Pakistan. It's got more uh, condensed resin. It's got a shorter profile. It's got uh,
2: skunkier terpenes to deter animals from vegetating on them. I'm sure it has things in the plant that uh, do something to us specifically. Look how attracted mm-hmm. we are to the plant.
0: Oh, yeah, absolutely. There's coevolutionary. Yeah yeah issues I mean, right there well humans have this instinct for intoxication and you know p- some people deny it some cultures deny it right but like we want to get high yeah. <laughs> <I'm>
3: <laughs> we want to alter our
0: consciousness yeah right and it's been going on for a millennia right since before we were humans and it's something that w- we do right mm-hmm. let's embrace it bro it's good right it's a good thing it's fun it it's
1: good. It's also medicine. Um, whether
0: 100% it's medicine,
1: whether it be anecdotal or physical medicine, I mean, people use it for different reasons. And, um, I we mean, did, it's
2: gone past antidotal now.
1: There's, like oh, yes, actual... there's undeniable evidence yeah. out there that it is. But for someone, you know, who just wants to increase my appetite to have to have my choices be go see a doctor and be prescribed all sorts of pharmaceuticals or, self-medicate with cannabis. um,
2: Go from 50 seizures a day to five a month. That's pretty medicinal.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I know, man, it's, it just blows me away that there is still this denial of medicinal qualities, right? Of cannabis. It boggles the mind. And it also blows me away that, that that the, still the same stigmatism, of heroin and cannabis or opiate and cannabis usage together still exists today when man if you know a junkie they don't want to smoke fucking Mm. weed they want dope they want opium they might smoke weed with you but like that ain't what they want right and you know people who like weed they don't you know like nah yeah i don't think think i want to smoke any heroin (laughs) I mean, sure. There's lots of like overliers, right? Cause like, man, there's going to be 10% of the people that just want to get fucked up and they're going to take whatever drug they can get their hands. They can get their hands on legal or not. And that's just how it goes, man. But most, most of us are not like this, right?
2: No,
1: we're just not like that.
2: Obsessed with cannabis. Well, I think that, you know, I think a lot of people, Uh, even if they're on the other side of the fence once they actually try it and they get something that's nice like well grown and cured and healthy and you know i think when they when they have the opportunity to sample that that a pretty high majority of them i think would have a favorable
0: little anecdotal evidence here and i came to colorado in 2008 around to start some hydro stores cultivate colorado and I remember driving around by the Capitol building and there being hundreds of people out there smoking crack, prostitution, dealing drugs. You guys remember this shit? It was fucking nuts, 100%. Right. Right? It was nuts. Yeah, the hill. The hill. And that is gone now. It is. That is gone. Right? It is gone now. And you don't smell crack walking around Denver anymore. Yeah. Right? Downtown Denver. Right? And it, it, you smell weed.
1: I smell weed <laughs> everywhere. Right. And so
0: i I've, I've always believed this: that if you give people the choice, and they need something to really alleviate the 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 pain, or the isolation, or the depression, or whatever that they have in their their sorrows in their lives, they're going to choose weed. Because, you, you know, it it, it it really is so much better for you. And, you know, people understand that. But if you don't have that choice, you're going to you want that escape. You're going to take what's in front of
2: you. Right. I think we're past the tipping point to where, you know, these kinds of conversations are going to be less and less. I think more more people are going to be smoking weed than ever before.
0: It, oh, it's happening right now. Demand yeah. has increased. Public
1: opinion, political climate across the United States. Outside of the federal government, Germany. Potentially. Germany. Worldwide, yeah. You're seeing political climate ease towards marijuana.
3: Look
2: how conservative Germany is, and even they are doing it. Yeah, right. Every, yeah,
0: yeah. It's 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 really sensible, that's for sure. There's so much money associated with it, there's so much economy associated with it. I mean, it is the number one job grower in Colorado. Right. Something it like is, twenty thousand jobs. It has gone from eight thousand jobs to 15,000 jobs, to 20,000 jobs year after year. I read right? by year 2020,
1: there will be more marijuana jobs in the United States than in all manufacturing combined. This was something put out by Forbes magazine, uh, I believe, last week. They're just talking about the exponential growth of this industry. Um, it's a very, very exciting thing to be a part of. And I That mean, doesn't
2: even count the ancillary. You know, oh, we're, absolutely. we're talking probably like 150,000 jobs, really. With all the subcontractors and everybody.
0: Yeah, because it, it. it, you know, I've said this over and over again. I'm not sure if we cultivate cannabis or cannabis cultivates us. Right. right? And this is a great way to illustrate it. It's like, a, Dave, you go get your medical producer's license, say, let's just say, and you're, you're, you know, growing medical cannabis and extracting it, Right. That's what you do, right? That's your business. Well, you had to go hire engineers, architects, lawyers, accountants, bricklayers, cement people, you know, uh, building people, electricians, plumbers, consults, advisors. And we, it's huge. It balloons. Government.
1: Yeah, we we are millions of dollars deep in this new um, cultivation facility we're building in all the ancillary economies um, that are benefiting from cannabis—you really hit the nail on the head—and um, it goes, it goes so so far and so deep from nutrient manufacturers, uh, construction engineers, architects, s- scientists from all walks of life, lives who uh, came into this industry with with intellectual property that we have now benefited. Extraction technology has it makes astronomical leaps every year as um, soon as we buy the latest extraction machine with by the time we start doing our first run with it there's already a better model on the market um, it's moving so fast it's fairly frustrating but
0: right right man let's i i find your story fascinating uh, uh dave and, and i want to talk a little bit about it All Right. you started a legal extraction company in boulder in what
1: year this is a. Uh, 2013 is when we started. So we're a little over three years in.
0: 2013, shoestring budget.
1: Shoestring budget. We did not have nearly the capital we thought we would need to get started. Uh, We were bootstrapping by all definitions of of the word. I mean, uh, we had no money. We were eating ramen noodles, just trying to get to that first harvest and make that first sale. Um, It was a very scary time for myself and my family because we had no idea was this ever going to work out. And... You know, getting licensed took twice as long. Uh, Everything was twice as expensive. We just really felt demoralized for a while, but we all believed that we would be able to create something very special. Um, And we've certainly persevered and have grown and have just infinite opportunities to keep chasing this dream that um, we had when we first started the business, my wife and myself. So back in back in
0: 2013, way back four years ago, everybody <laughs> was open blowing, mm-hmm. right? And what that means is they were packing these tubes of some sort—glass, metal, plastic, whatever—with with 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 weed,
1: right. with cannabis, correct?
0: And then blowing pr- propane or butane through it, correct? And then collecting the, the runoff of that, evaporating the propane or butane, and left was the extract. The hash oil. The hash oil. And and you were one of the first people to set up a closed-loop system. Sure. And and not only did you set up a closed-loop system, but you also really promoted how, how much better those systems were and started talking about contaminants in other people's products. Mm-hmm. Right, and it really pushed you to the forefront of of the extraction movement in the area.
1: Absolutely. When we first started, everyone was open blasting, and uh, we knew it was a very unsafe thing. I have friends who have been burnt up or uh, gotten in a tremendous amount of trouble for doing that, and we knew there had to be a more controlled way to do this. And as such, when we first started this, the first time I tried hash oil, I'll back up to this story, I knew the first time I did a dab uh, that this was going to be the next revolution in cannabis. Um, the feeling I had, it felt like the very first time I smoked marijuana when I was 14 years old, and it brought back this euphoric feeling that I just had forgotten existed. Um, <laughs> at that time, I was in no position to want to start a hash business, but as years went by, I'm talking about, this is seven, eight years ago. Yeah, right. um, nine years ago, even, I don't even know. But um, when it came time to decide what kind of marijuana business we wanted to start, you know, we had the conventional method of uh, dispensary grow model and then extraction there's different types of extraction technology but I knew that there was something to butane and this was a an emerging market where um, these manufacturers were putting together these closed-loop um, butane recycling machines that you'd be able to extract and not off-gas butane that pretty much instilled the vision in my head that we need to do this indoors and we need to do this very safely well how do you do that you have to work with a bunch of very intelligent architects, engineers, and industrial hygienists, people who've been working in uh, the pharmaceutical industry, for example, and have designed systems uh, with a high level of ventilation and low uh, environmental impact to design a system for us to extract marijuana indoors. Um, So we got our first closed-loop machine, um, and... You know, the kind, The rest is kind of history. Once we started learning how to make hash oil and how to refine it, how to um, get rid of all the butane left in the product and develop, you know. So you
0: guys don't just have regular extract, though. Let me, let me say this. Any time that this stuff is released, it is sold immediately. It is not easy to get on the shelf. You have to know when you guys are selling it. Because your wholesale distributor, you sell it to your, your your ret- the teller, retail or so retail is speak, correct, right? And like some days, people release it on certain days. Sure, so right, and it is a line out the door, and it's gone. So this isn't just normal extract we're talking. Dave, Dave
1: has has excelled, <laughs> <laughs> right? And you know, there's a lot of contributing factors to uh, the success that we've experienced in extraction. And when this whole thing first started, I just wanted to grow weed. That's what I had done previously that's where I have the deepest connection uh, to this business I just wanted an opportunity to grow weed for a living and that would my life would be perfect I mean it certainly evolved a lot from then but the things that really make our extracts special is uh, the variety uh, of of strains that we have and the quality of those strains what we have seen in extraction as the market is maturing is that um, a lot of our competitors, I would say, are all operating within one or two degrees of variance from what we do on the extraction. There's very, you, you really um, operate under standards in extraction. And uh, what that means is um, there's one way to make a good concentrate. It's called the right way. And anything you do to deviate <laughs> from that standard, which is unlike well, it's unlike cultivation, you can uh, skin that cat many ways. In extraction, you do these series of steps exactly the same way every time your outcome should be the same every single time and that's why
0: uh, you can have brandable products so much you know better easier uh-huh. with uh, extracts than you can with the flour. because flour, right. people it's hard to consistently grow it's the extremely same nugget difficult over and over and over again right
1: borderline impossible to have within one degree of variance in your in your crop than it is um, with extraction i mean There are so many more variables at play. Exactly the same. Tastes exactly the same every time. Mm -hmm. Formula, process, recipe, everything. Um, So you know these are just you know some of the things. I think uh, our crew over over at Green Dot. These guys are all just dedicated to the craft. They come in and they learn every single day. They bring up new ideas of ways to get our plant to express um, its true genetic potential and to you know evolve the medicine. That we've conventionally made to make it even better and make more of it, um, I, I I couldn't be more proud of our crew and how hard and how dialed into the craft every day. These guys work with a, a great deal of passion. It's it's not something you see in a lot of places. So you're you're building a new facility.
0: You spoke about this earlier. Can can, mm-hmm. can, we, can we talk a little bit about sure this? Oh, absolutely. No. You, you you've uh...
1: it's been sort of a long time coming. Uh, you know we're up in Boulder and. Um, that's where we started, and we still currently have a medical cultivation facility. It's fairly small. Um, and then we have a duly licensed extraction lab, which services both the medical and the recreational side. So now we're building a a, a much bigger and a much nicer cultivation center. That how, is, how many lights is this going to be? It's going to be about 200 lights total. Um, 200 this, lights. Yeah, and it, it, this includes... Uh, uh, a very cool lighting schematic that's uh, enhances the resin and terpene production in plants uh offering a, a very broad spectrum of light we're really bringing a lot of technology into this facility that you know maybe stole a page or two out of the dutch agriculture and the way we feed plants fertigating them irrigating them, the, the very tight environmental controls we can put in our plants to stimulate more resin production because that is our bottom line we need plants that uh that can bring the bacon, so to speak. Uh, you know, not all cannabis is created equal, you know, lots of technology, lots of technology, automation. I think that we're going to have environmental
0: control, the red strands. Yeah. Well, yeah, we haven't even gotten there yet. Right. <laughs> Doug, you see places all over you. You probably go to more grow rooms and, you know, than most other people in the industry. I know I, I, I say I've, I've seen a lot, I bet you've seen more than me now. I bring, uh, well, 20 years 20
2: years is a long time
0: yeah people people invite you into your grow room it's not it's your job you uh yeah let's let's talk about this technology revolution we're having right now Mm -hmm. right yeah
2: no doubt uh it's uh i gotta go i gotta go visit a lot of people in a lot of different markets and kind of see uh you know how people are doing things uh You know, technology-wise, no doubt about it. Colorado has had some uh, advantages uh, that allowed for more of a free market. I would say, and therefore, I would say, slightly higher innovation from
0: that. Yeah, Yeah, they've been able to hire architects, chemists, uh, light engineers, uh, plumbers. You know, everybody that the the private industry were always scared to hire. Right, 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 and they were the first to really
2: do it. Right totally, and then you have a place like Oregon and uh, Oregon it's all hundred percent about quality and so you have a real serious uh like the growers out there they they uh it's less of a job and more of like a like a life Correct. for right. them right you know? and then you go up into Washington state and those guys uh are probably the best at knowing how to run efficiently because they had they had to if you wanted to survive you had to be able to sell at the wholesale prices up there where they had uh, cultivation separate from uh, retail mm-hmm. where we have uh, vertical integration here and uh, you can kind of do. Water. You
1: have a little more margin here in Colorado. However, as prices do continue to watershed as more players get into the game and more product is saturating the market, you really start looking at your cost to grow marijuana and labor intensity is, is probably your number one cost in most cultivation centers. they, Have a
2: lot of people running around, doing things. Is that what you see? Uh, No doubt, if you look at anyone's uh, total expenditures and the uh, when you're pretty pretty much doing most businesses, but especially uh, cannabis, Cannabis. labor Uh, intensive, very very labor intensive, high percentage. And then California, like what I would comment on California is that they got like the hype game down. You know, they everybody out there knows how to how to. you know, they've you, been selling weed. There are a, for a lot of big time. fish, and so you have to be uh, even bigger fish, mm-hmm. right, to even survive in California. So yeah, it's uh, tech wise, no doubt about it. Uh, Colorado feels like the tech hub, right? I'm, right. I'm cannabis, a cannabis. That's where you
1: know. I'm definitely one of the late adopters with technology. I'm a hippie at heart. I like to do things artisanal manner, we'll do it with my own two hands. But as you get into commercial production, you really have to look at the labor intensity. That's just one. Feature that I'll be able to hang my hat on in the new design our facility is um, the low labor intensity. We're looking to create very high-level jobs and take the labor components out of it, um, automating all the labor components of production from planting a seed to extracting the, the essential oils out of the plant. There's a, a tremendous amount of, of space to automate, and you achieve a higher level of consistency doing this. Um, there's so many, besides the, the basic economics of it, to go this route,
0: what do you think the range of cost of production per pound are?
1: Well, we in Colorado, what we have seen, it can be up to eleven hundred dollars a pound indoor. I mean, I've seen people who are already gone belly up, going fifteen
2: hundred a pound. You know, not counting the excise tax out here, you can see anything from what I've seen is three hundred to eleven hundred. Most of the the operators are in like the eight, maybe nine hundred. Range, mm-hmm. right? So it it's it's volume game. We're right. talking volume, but game.
1: those margins are coming down. On everyone, there's certainly some downward pressure as prices yeah. deflate. Um That people start looking at,
0: people are getting higher yields.
1: Yeah, how do right? I get this, higher this, yields? This, this
0: technology do... boom has definitely de-
2: increased de- higher yields. Decreasing 100. also right. electricity. That's a huge expense. absolutely your cost, right? I won't Carb name footprint. I won't name names because uh, it's like you know he's got this no first names, some... man. No first names. <laughs> no, no, no. But there's a guy in Denver uh, who I visit a lot of places, and he uh, has put together a v- one, the smartest indoor grow I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. And uh, without giving away his total tech, he's basically um, using uh, natural as like his input. And then from there, uh, he reuses a lot of the byproduct throughout his entire process. And he's been able to get his cost indoor down not including the excise tax uh somewhere depending on where it hits on yields because it's uh, a brand sure. new facility uh somewhere between uh, 200 and 300 a pound
1: mm-hmm.
2: and it's like uh, that's the price that now you're in the greenhouse mm-hmm. industry mm-hmm. price mm-hmm. but yet indoors right Pretty cool
1: there's a great incentive to grow in a greenhouse and you know not leaving a great carbon footprint Unfortunately, our industry is still uh, – indoor cultivation is relying on these high-intensity lights that consume a tremendous amount of power. This HVAC equipment that just doubles down on that. Um, And some would agree that it's a, a somewhat unsustainable growth model for this industry. Well, there will be a next revolution in indoor farming is when some brainiac from NASA comes through with this spectrum plasma light or this LED light. That uses the same amount of power as the light bulb on your lamp, um, that you can now grow four pounds of marijuana using that amount of power. It's going to happen. And when that does, the incentive to go into a greenhouse is going to go away and it's going to come back uh, to the indoor cultivation because, not going to say there's not nice greenhouses out there that are sealed and very well controlled and operated. But indoors in a concrete building, um, you... It's easier to do. It's easier to do. Toss a uh, little more money, but it's easier to do. Correct. You have tighter environmental control. And that means make it or break it for a lot of businesses in this industry. As the market matures, regulations increase. You have to pass microbials. You can't have all these diseases and stuff. Um, And people struggle with that in greenhouses. People struggle with that indoors it's a it's an ongoing threat to our you know our industry is these uh, pests and so technology is increasing so much every day it's uh, I would encourage everybody to start embracing it and this is coming from someone who's the last to do so right absolutely
0: here in Denver we've seen gardens like started in 2008 2009 you know and 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 gardens started last year Right, you you see this all over the country, especially that. Let's just talk straight Gen about one. indoor. Gen one, 3. Gen one, two, three. Mm-hmm. One, two three. Right. Are, are you seeing conversion? Are you seeing people like realizing they have to change their cost? so they're changing. There's out still a lot of Gen one gardens
2: out there. Yeah, you know, absolutely. Uh, most of those are paid off. They are, you know, uh, doing their thing. You know, they're pr- the they're well oiled machines. Mm-hmm. They, you're you're going to get something specific, uh, but no doubt that. The additional uh, testing requirements and uh, price—you uh, know—the wholesale price went down. Was it thirty? Was it thirty-six mm-hmm. or thirty-eight yeah. percent in the last twelve yeah. months? Yeah, that's mm-hmm. Pretty big in Colorado. No doubt that uh, most of the money now is going to, uh, for sure, efficiency, which I would consider like a Gen three, right? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Gen 2s were really, the guys, big warehouses, tons of DEs. You know, like huge age fact, like just super badass that would put out awesome results. Mm-hmm. But now really, really smart stuff is starting to happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which brings the cost down, the consistency up, no doubt about it. And that's the name of the game. You are running a business. You better have some consistency. You better think yeah. about this. I say this, this time
1: next year, if you're not able to run your entire grill on your iPhone, you're doing it wrong. Yeah. You, you missed the bus. I mean, because the bus is here and the bus is about to take off. And a lot of these, unfortunately, in my opinion, a lot of these first generation grows are going to start feeling that pressure oh, yeah.
0: when you're making one pound or less, because that's reality, right? One uh-huh. pound or less per light in Gen One, right? Uh, in Gen Two, you might get a little bit more, but like, you know, it's really your cost. Might what I'm go most down a excited
2: bit. to see, and like, I totally agree with what Dave said about the uh, indoor and just how it's super awesome. But uh, one thing I'm most, most excited about is now we're starting to see uh, some fully sealed, uh, completely uh, uh, environmentally controlled... Uh, greenhouses. Uh, greenhouses. That They're amazing. Are absolutely. Putting, you know, the plants are growing under the sun. Mm-hmm. The best grow light that yeah. will for sure ever be invented. Yeah, absolutely.
0: Absolutely. Oh, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a greenhouse There's guy. There's no question. For, you know, by heart for sure. Uh, sun grown. You know, I've always felt like that so was the good. best way to do it. And mm-hmm. when you hit it right, the flavors there has, it might have a different color. Sure. Right. But, uh, that's just incredible, man. When you hit it right. <laughs> yeah. I, Sun Groans. Yeah. I love it. You know, it's and, and, and I, I, I've said this over and over again, though, like, well, greenhouses, there's walls and you have a heat bill. Mm-hmm. So that's indoor. Mm-hmm. Right. And just, if you just think about it, like it's indoor, right? And build it like it's indoor, uh, put lights in it like it's indoor, Heat it, cool it like it's indoor, man, that shit is bomber. And you cannot tell the difference. Oh, I know. Right. And, yeah. and, and, and you'll, it'll actually be better. And that's how you'll mm-hmm. tell the difference. Like,
2: Oh God, <laughs> <laughs> 30 to it 60% reduction, uh, yeah. uh, in over in cost to operate. And you mm-hmm. can get up to, you know, two to 300% increase in yields over undergrown under lights. And There's so, no
1: question. You can certainly capitalize on the sun in certain uh, times of the year. However, in the wintertime, yeah, these true. same greenhouses, they're uh, is expensive to run or more expensive than an indoor grill yeah, with better true. insulation. That's true. I mean, you got your heaters running around the clock. Your lights are on for most of the day. You yeah. know. Uh,
0: you know, that's something I've really – I've seen so many greenhouse manufacturers push this like, oh, you can flower every month, you can flower every yeah. month, you can grow all year, and you can – But like when you come off those just mac and harvests of October, Mm -hmm. when you've just crushed it, it's hard to get that. Oh, there's no crop. The February crop that's that's even an you know it just pales
2: in comparison. Right, that's kind of cool. (laughs) You got some variation. It's it's a it is a different uh, yield. Uh, I think also like a different uh, you know the plants are just a little different. Something a little spicier about them in the winter crop that I like. (laughs) Well, if you, if you light it, you
0: know, then it's, it still looks incredible. Yeah. Yeah. Right. But just like Dave said, it just costs you more money. You got to run the heater, right. All the time. And you know, man, God, dude, that's a bill right there. This is why. Right. I see a lot
1: of greenhouse farmers, you know, boasting about their low cost per pound. I'm like, well, is that for one season or is this an average (laughs) over a year? They do the average over the year and it's like 50% higher. They're like, oh, some of the yeah. stuff I've
2: seen, the guys have, have uh, implemented um, uh, thermal heating and cooling. Oh, you know? absolutely. And that's where it's at. Absolutely. And then doing light assisted, all of a sudden, with the heating and/or cooling costs of sealing up the uh, greenhouses mitigated. And then at that point, those guys are crushing it year-round. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and it's really easy technology. You've probably seen some of
0: this stuff. I've seen some in Northern California recently. around mm-hmm. forever. Where they literally just dig a trench like six feet down, right? Six inches, eight inches, 10 inches wide. They line it with pipe mm-hmm. and then they just like Z it, zigzag it back and forth over their greenhouse surface. And then they just duck in and duck out and it just cools mm-hmm. down the air, you know, <laughs>
1: It works. <laughs> it works.
0: Stabilizes the air temperature, so you push out like sixty degree, fifty six degree air on one side. Uh-huh. No matter what, you are pulling year-round. in on the other side year round. Yeah, right, right. It's pretty incredible, and it's it's so it's low tech. Very smart. That's yeah. what I am most excited it, about. It's so low tech, man. But I am also
2: extremely excited to see uh,
1: all the Gen three stuff,
2: like Dave's and some a few other guys.
1: Right. It's going to be a total iPhone grow. I mean, it's going to be the thing you saw. Dreamed
0: about in high times, and the McLaren F one. It's the McLaren
1: F one of cultivation (laughs) facilities, and we've put a tremendous amount of time and effort and thought, and brought in professionals from all different walks of life to really dissect uh, how these new instruments will play together. And um, you know, the goal is to to be able to uh, achieve a level of consistency um, that you will year round that you don't really see in this industry. I mean, you always see people with good crops. You see our current facility. Some crops <laughs> are just better than others. You know, it's a kind of a first generation grow. So the outdoor climate, because we're exchanging air and odor mitigate, odor mitigation that it, it has an influence on your plants, uh, indoors and in certain seasons, outdoors, our plants are better indoors. Yeah, um, right. it's kind of the nature of the beast. So with all the technology we're throwing at this facility, we're, uh, now, on paper, we should see uh, Southern California temperatures year-round in there. And it would, the outside influence uh, won't make any difference. 80 degrees.
0: <laughs>
1: Just beautiful. Awesome.
0: Are you guys uh, projecting any yields per square foot? Or, or Do you guys do that, really?
1: Well, so, like I said, through extraction, we see things through a different lens. Right, right. We don't really so much care about how many grams of flour um, per watt. We're looking at milligrams of cannabinoids and milliliters of terpenoids per square meter. And right. what that means is how do you stack certain varietals under a certain light to maximize your yields and extraction? Well, first you have to have good genetics. So that's your first thing to cross genetics, off the list. Genetics, genetics, That's right. And then you have <laughs> to understand the way your plants grow. Some plants grow vertical, uh, your OGs and cookies of the world. Some plants grow wide and learning how to maximize that footprint with plants that are uh, very rich in essential oils. And then the third component is uh, stimulating this essential oil production. So you're using uh, lighting schematics, you're using um, a diet environmental controls to stimulate the the plant's defense mechanism, which is to put out as much resin as possible. Um, so that's kind of the way we we break it down. We look at yield in extract per light opposed to how many grams of flowers because I'll tell you a thousand grams of OG Kush is not the same as a thousand grams of Blue Dream. I mean you you, I see this all the time in, in, in dispensaries is these dispensaries have their top shelf you can buy OG Kush for 30 and 8th or you can buy Blue Dream for 30 and 8th you don't really realize how much more medicine you're getting by buying that OG Kush than that Blue Dream at the same price point. We see this in extraction
0: because when, of the terpenes.
1: Well, no, because of the essential oils. Because yeah, yeah because sure. OGs, oh, will get a twenty-five to thirty percent return in extraction. As where your blue dreams, we're getting fifteen to twenty percent. Mm-hmm. That ten percent difference is a big deal um, economically. Yeah, Looking absolutely. at this. So we know that these more potent hash plants uh produce more oil, which is our bottom line.
0: So it's not weight of flour per square foot. It's 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 extraction. Weight
1: of extraction oh, per yeah. square
0: foot. Yeah, wow, well, well, So yeah, we had, so awesome. it,
1: yeah, and there's different ways to achieve you know, you,
0: you, you're
1: kinda like those uh uh
0: brandy brandy makers, right? You're like you know, growing the best wine, you know, growing the best grape to make the best wine uh-huh. to turn that into brandy.
1: Right. Right. <laughs> yeah, there's you can draw so many parallels from the alcohol industry uh into cannabis. You know, your flowers would be the beer and your extracts would be, you know, your 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 spirits, maybe your craft cocktails. Um any number of different things and uh it's just it's incredibly fascinating to see what we how far extractions have come. Um you know, currently right now the latest trend is this product called the high terpene full spectrum extract. It's a alphabet soups. So there's two ways of doing this. Um, what you're really looking to do is in an extraction is to capture the essence of the plant and get rid of everything else that, that would be a byproduct. Um, and the two things that we really want on this plant are the cannabinoids and we want the terpenoids. In my opinion, the rest of the plant unless you're juicing it for the antioxidant properties, it's it doesn't really pose much medicinal value. So um, to make the ultimate extract in my mind is to preserve 100% of the terpenes on the plant and 100% of the cannabinoids and then homogenize those two and filter out every other impurity such as your lipid, your uh, plant waxes, your cutin. Um, these are the things you don't want. And I feel um, extraction is kind of sitting at a plateau right now. Um, this high terpene full spectrum extract is a perfect concentrate it's a true bottle of the essence of the plant um i actually brought some for you guys to check out it's a extremely fragrant the flavor on it it, it's just superior you'll be able to taste a dab of this for 10 minutes after you try it um the potency's all there we've captured all the cannabinoids we were able to use cryogenics to filter out the lipid component and now we have pure extract pass it over here yeah uh, I know number I've seen of.
0: this stuff before, so this kind of brings us back to that conversation we were having earlier uh, uh, off air. Is is w- one of the reasons that you guys are sponsored by Botanicare is so that you can see the 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 resin production on the opposite side, correct? Because right? most people are only concerned on yield. Most growers, that's their number one thing. When they when they when you walk into a room they say how much you get wow this is just open
2: in its mouth you know they yeah,
3: right right the, every grower cheese. that's what they say mm-hmm. right i right. think
2: that's the whole success of botanicare has been that it just made everything so much more uh such such a huge bump in terpene production flavonoid production uh your even your your uh just cannabinoids really there's a it goes back to the comment earlier that it's just the plants are just uh really healthy and it's a result so a lot of guys that are doing extraction or a lot of guys that are doing breeding uh people really focusing on like that full plant that full spectrum like gravitate towards uh the botanic air.
0: We're over here sniffing hash while you're talking. So what, what were you, what <laughs> you was, saying, bro? I kind bro? of felt like I was talking to myself you for you a second. <laughs> You kind you you so, uh, you know, uh, one, one of were. Yeah, the, absolutely. And and we, we kind of said that earlier. is like the Botanic Air product does bring out this this flavor, this smell. This, it does. Consistency.
1: Uh, and one thing that we're able to do now uh, with the advanced laboratory analytical stuff is we're able to now quantify sure. what we used to be able to qualify. And what I mean is... You used to be able to pick up some hash and smell it and say that qualifies as good hash. Now we can send this to an analytical lab, break mm-hmm. it down into individual terpenes uh, and cannabinoids and uh, collect a tremendous amount of data that now we can feed back to the manufacturers of these products um, to help us stimulate the more, to increase. You want to see a linear growth um, from where you started using nutrients uh, and accelerate
2: so I like that fresh frozen, you know. It's, uh, yeah, absolutely. It's, That's a great got, technology there. It just has like everything that Mother Nature put together. Right. And it's like highest concentrations. You so know? fresh yeah. frozen. That's what this
0: is. It, it, this is fresh frozen, right. This so is all you, fresh frozen. You, you harvest, you you cut the weed down and mm-hmm. freeze it immediately. Correct. In whatever manner you might choose.
1: True. Um, right. Yeah, you want to, you know, go People well below zero. Right. Uh, get it really cold break it up really fine, get it real cold, turn it into dust, (laughs) extract it, um, and filter out everything in behind. And the refining technique, uh, which I'll kind of skirt around a little bit, uh, is the process called the high terpene. We're, we're able to evaporate all of the, the butane out of the product, which is the solvent we use for extraction and leave behind nothing but the pure medicinal essence of the plant. Um, Mm -hmm. And mm. it's it's just, it's you the know, most popular product. Is in- there,
2: I mean, is there are any good reason not to? It seems like the full Fresh Frozen is like so superior in so many ways is their oh, cost of production so much lower, lower even right? yeah.
1: yeah yeah you, you the eliminate the trimming you eliminate the drying What's process the big
2: reason not to do it is there some extract that
1: uh well have... this is all these are these reasons are being uh for not to do it are being met by the manufacturers when we first started the reason not to do it was because if you put a thousand grams of frozen material in your column you're only able to, it's 80% water, so you're actually only filling it 20% of its capacity.
2: Mm-hmm. As to
1: where you fill it with dry material and you do the same extraction, you know, right. uh, time is money. And when you can extract 1,000 grams of dry material and yield 200 grams of concentrate, Huge difference. In, opposed yeah. to yielding, you know, 100 grams of concentrate, whatever the, the, the number may be, um, there's a big difference. So manufacturers of these uh, extraction machines uh, heard the plea from people using the machines well, let's make a bigger machine. Well, there you have it. Here we are today where we can make uh, the fresh frozen live resin high terpene full spectrum extract. Yeah, uh, say that again. High essence.
0: Fre- <laughs> fresh frozen high terpene.
1: Yes. This is alphabet soup pot nerd. <laughs> the highest concentration. Glaze you over kind of talk here. but uh, We keep assigning these names to these products. Uh Oh yeah, we get to make them up. You get to make them up right now. We do. Yeah, we have. What's a, the acronym? We have a that tra- one. We have a trademark. Go uh, by an acronym. What's uh, the, the high, highs HTFSE, yeah. and then there's H-C-F-S-E, which is a high cannabinoid. So what's happening yeah. is you're separating the terpenes from the cannabinoids, which are now solid and almost look like a like crystals or big granular pieces of salt. Uh, and the terpenes are more have a lower viscosity in there. Um, they just like look like something liquid. Uh, it's just an incredible, beautiful sight to see and smell. So beautiful. <laughs> so we can separate those two uh, and offer them as separate products and sell just the terpenes or sell just the cannabinoids, or you can homogenize them. And in my personal opinion, the homogenous, so you take you take the separated components, you blend them together, and then every single dab is exactly the same. It's consistent. You're not getting more terpenes or more cannabinoids. It's straight down the center and I believe that's the the true essence of the plant in concentrate form. You're able to experience, you know, the lowers, the less developed flowers with the top colas and everything in between, rinsed off the plant, homogenized. So full plant medicine, bro. It's everything. Full plant medicine. <laughs> Keeps them coming back, I'll <laughs> that's tell what you. it
0: is, literally. It is, though. It it's is. amazing. Yeah. Right. Whole all, Full extract. Mm-hmm. Right, there's, there, there's such a, like, oh, I want to make it the most pure, mm-hmm. right? But this is beyond that. You're, this like, is, making it the most pure. Then we make a big every, mess with it. The, and then you make a big mess. You're growing mess. with, like, right.
2: the, the most pure lights, the full-spectrum lights. Uh-huh. And then uh, then you're feeding with, like, the most full-spectrum diet. And then you uh, do the fresh frozen and you get the...
1: Just capture it all. all. This is the pinnacle, in my opinion. This is the apex. This is what it all comes down to. And to do this with a wide variety of strains is where the, the real magic is. Um, really that is de- Mother Nature, you know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We're, de- we're variety. No, we're developing these genetics. We're trying to uh, just capture as much of their genetic potential as we can in every single run. So, um, you know, weeding out inferior plants, breeding two alpha plants together, and just their progeny is even better than both parents, so you discard the parents and keep developing these genetics till you have – just pure showstoppers and extracts, like the most irresistible, delicious concentrates. Mm-hmm. That even if you do not like cannabis whatsoever, you cannot put your nose up to there as a human being and say mm-hmm. anything but wow. Can I see one of those again?
0: Yeah, absolutely, man. Both both of these are wow. After that, I have man. to look. Both of these are wow, man. Yeah, I'm, yeah, wow, that's great, man. You know, I talked to a lot of extractors. Most of them are interested in the chemistry of it. You you come from the the. the the grower side side of it and Mm -hmm. you know we're always smoking buds together Mm -hmm. and uh uh, many of the other extractors it's just like extract only extract only
1: i'm a flower smoker i mean i I consume extracts one out of every 100 times i consume cannabis Mm -hmm. it's not that i don't love them i just prefer flour um i prefer an extract in a social setting um where people are enjoying you know pairing with a meal or uh doing something really cool like that um for personal consumption, I personally enjoy smoking flowers. I enjoy growing flowers. It's uh, it's just what side of the fence I—that's the the cloth that I was cut from, so to speak. But I am more than fascinated with the extraction side and advancing that as as much as we can. But um, the heart and soul come from the cultivation. That's the yeah, man. One of the the driving forces of Green it. Dot Labs. You gotta grow it. You gotta Starts grow it the well. the seed.
2: Mm-hmm. Right. Got a room full of cultivators here. Yeah, man. <laughs> I think we all agree. Cultivate—that's
1: something you <laughs> will know about extractions. Uh, you can only polish a turd so much. It's mm. poop in, it's poop out, and that's just kind of a general rule of thumb and inside joke of all hash makers. It comes down to the product that you're extracting these days. Yep, absolutely. And that makes the by far the largest difference in a quality extract and a not quality is how much uh, TLC those plants saw throughout their life cycle
0: yeah man well man this has been an incredible episode of the real dirt feel like we got some dirt here today we got some dirt on botanicare we got some dirt on green dot we got some dirt on technology we got a little glimpse into the future on how we think that things may lay out in the future and uh man smoke smoke some great weed all right yeah man I think uh, we should uh, call this episode over and break out that dab rig I got over here. Turn it up,
1: and you uh, can do the, the hottest dab. Out. Hot dabs with
0: Dave. <laughs> Low temp dabs, bro. <laughs> you gotta temp watch this dab. guy. Low temp and no
2: temp. Yeah. Doug is fallen victim to my shenanigans. <laughs> he's uh, some, yeah, he's a uh, mischievous. Well, uh, mischievous.
0: Got to watch out. Well, I'm lucky. <laughs> we'll I'm lucky. The Real Dirt Studios isn't far from my home. So yeah,
2: you should be safe. <laughs> great, great home, by the way.
0: Thanks Thank guys, you, Chip, yeah. for having us. Thanks for coming, you're... man. Thanks it's been for coming. a great time. Fun. Yeah, yeah you guys are welcome to bring your hash and weed here anytime. Smoke me out. Always. <laughs> been, it's been, been a pleasure. <laughs> awesome guys. Thanks.